0: Name of the Lord, we thank God for His goodness tonight. We thank God for His presence. How many can just feel the Lord in this place? Amen. It feels good to be in the house of God. Thank you, Jesus. We are grateful to see you here tonight, and we want to go directly into the Word of the Lord. Uh, we're continuing our teaching on the seven pillars of wisdom, uh, and we find the reference to that in Proverbs chapter nine where the scripture says in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 1, that wisdom hath hewn out her seven pillars. Wisdom hath built her house, she hath hewn out her seven pillars. And then, of course, we read from the book of James and the third chapter, and we begin to see these seven pillars uh, take on their identity. And so we want to continue in this teaching. Verse 17, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace the premise for this teaching is that we truly understand what is wisdom we understand that there is a a real wisdom which is the wisdom of god and then there is a false wisdom that is the wisdom of this world and it's important to know the difference because if you if you Uh, basically esteem the wisdom of this world as being true and real wisdom, then your life will become misguided. You will become misled. Uh, But but the Bible teaches us that the wisdom of God is to this world foolishness. The world looks upon the wisdom of God and deems it as being foolish. Uh, But to us, we understand that the wisdom of God is the power of God. And so you you must be careful because there's a blessing in embracing the wisdom of God. And there is an inherent curse, if you please, in embracing worldly wisdom as though it is real wisdom. This is why the Bible teaches in Psalm 1, verse 1, blessed is the man. How many want to be blessed? Blessed. Amen. you want to be blessed of the Lord in your life, blessed of the Lord in your family, blessed of the Lord in, in your work, blessed of the Lord in your relationships? Well, the Bible says that blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Now, the reason that it says that is because, because if you walk in the counsel of the ungodly, the ungodly will lead you down a path that is marked by worldly wisdom. And you cannot achieve spiritual blessing by following worldly wisdom. You can only achieve spiritual blessing by adhering to godly wisdom. And be prepared that when you embrace godly wisdom, the world will surround it and call it foolishness. And they'll call you foolish for... Trusting in the wisdom of the Lord, but trust in the wisdom of the Lord anyway. Lean upon Him, call upon Him, trust in Him, adhere to His word, obey His commandments, and your life will be blessed. Notice what the Bible says. The Bible says, Great peace have they that love thy law. Great peace have they. That love thy law so so the reason that it says that is because when you love the law of God and the law of God is a part of your life and is the leading rule of your life then then peace follows it automatically it's not even something that you really have to work toward it just follows it automatically and and the law of God is To love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. To love thy neighbor as thyself. Namely, have no other gods before God. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. The Bible teaches us from the law of God not to steal, not to kill, not to commit adultery, not to bear false witness against one's neighbor. It teaches us not to covet. It teaches us... Uh, not to, or, or, or teaches us rather, to honor our father and mother. And that if you do, your life will be long upon the earth. What he's telling us in these commandments is that, that when you do these things, great peace will enter into your life. The lack of peace in our life comes from when we default to worldly wisdom, which says if you want to get ahead, you got to steal to get ahead. Worldly wisdom says, who cares if you commit adultery or not? If you, if you want to achieve some lust of the flesh, go for it. But there's no peace in that. Peace comes from loving the law of God. Worldly wisdom says, you worship any God you want to worship. But, but that's not godly wisdom. Godly wisdom says there's one God, the creator of all mankind, the creator of heaven and earth. Worship him and none other. You will have great peace in your life if you truly follow and love the commandments of the Lord. This is the wisdom of God. James 3 and 17 says, the wisdom that is from above is first pure. Before it is anything else, it has to be pure. Now it's going to be a lot of things. Wisdom, see, these are seven pillars of wisdom. So so we're building a house. We're by understanding this. We're building. a a a house for the lord in our life and there are many things that will develop from this wisdom and they are peaceable gentle easy to be entreated full of mercy full of good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy that is a building of wisdom and those are the columns that i just read that make up the building that is wisdom but before wisdom can be gentle Before it can be without hypocrisy, before it can be without partiality or gentle, it must first be pure. And so we must understand that the wisdom of God is first pure. And and the Bible teaches us that Jesus Christ is the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is clearly demonstrated in the life, the death, the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We have to get that in our soul that Jesus is the wisdom of the Lord. So wisdom is first pure. If we don't get that, then none of these other things can really take root in our lives. Jesus is the wisdom of God and we must accept Him and embrace Him and worship Him as the purity of God's wisdom in the earth amen it took wisdom to redeem man it took wisdom to destroy death it took wisdom to unravel man from the curse that man had entangled himself in it took wisdom to overcome the grave it took wisdom to overcome hell it takes wisdom and and God was manifest in the flesh justified in the spirit Seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. This is the wisdom of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. In fact, the Apostle Paul said, the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but to us that believe it is the power of God. Amen. And that is that is what the wisdom of God is. The wisdom of God will bring power into your life. And, 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 and many people who do not serve the Lord, the people who do not serve the Lord will not understand that and will deem it foolish. They will consider themselves to have a, a perfectly fine way to approach life and, and eternity if they believe in it. But it is a fact of the matter that in order for wisdom... To be established in our life, it must first be pure. It must be established upon the fact that Jesus Christ is the mighty God manifest in human flesh. And then it becomes peaceable. Then peaceable. Thank God that we're able to have peace. Thank God that we're able to be put at peace. Hallelujah. How many know the value of having peace in your heart? Amen. How many know the value of having peace in your mind? Peace in your home. Have you ever, have you ever been in, 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 in a situation where there was not peace in the home? Have you ever been in a situation where there was peace in the home? Do you know the difference between when there isn't peace and when there is peace? There's a big difference between when, when all things are chaotic and, and man is choosing his own way of doing things or when you say, Lord, you are the, you are the keeper of this house and we're going to early seek your face. Every day we're going to pray. We're going to plead the blood of Jesus over our relationships, over our home, over our decisions. There becomes a settling peace in your life. Amen. If you're worried and fearful and stressed about what is coming or what may come down the pike, then then God wants to give you peace. God wants to pour His peace out upon you and to fill your mind and your heart with the peace of the Lord. But before things can get peaceable, it has to first be pure. Amen. These are the pillars of wisdom. These are load-bearing walls. These are columns that you can't build out a house of wisdom unless these things are in place. So, so let's get it settled. Jesus is the light. Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is God manifest in the flesh. Jesus is my substitute. Jesus is the redeemer of all mankind. Jesus is the savior. Jesus is the king of kings. Jesus is the Lord of lords. Jesus is the almighty God manifest in flesh. That's the pillar that has to be established first. Don't let anything dilute that. Don't let anything come between you and that understanding. Don't let anybody come along and discredit Jesus. Because the wisdom of God must first be pure. And once it becomes pure, then it can become peaceable. Hallelujah. Now all of a sudden I'm able to have peace. We say peaceable, but it actually is spelled peaceable. You enable peace in your life when you let Jesus be Lord of all. Hallelujah. So now all of a sudden fear takes a back seat because I am resting in the fact that Jesus paid it all. I I do not fear what man can do unto me because for me it's a win-win situation. He's got his hand on me. He's got his hand on my family. He's got his hand on this church. No matter what comes our way, Jesus is established as the chief cornerstone. Hallelujah. And then now, all of a sudden, we become peace-able. Amen. And once we become peace-able, the next pillar that is fixed is the pillar of gentle. And we're going to talk about two pillars tonight. We're going to talk about two pillars. We're going to talk about the fact that the wisdom of God, we've already talked about the fact that the wisdom of God is first pure. We've talked about the fact that then the peace of God is, or the, the wisdom of God rather is peaceable, peaceable. And then once it is able, once peace is enabled in your life and you get that pillar firmly established, the next Pillar that is established in your life Is the pillar of gentleness Gentleness And you develop a gentleness In your spirit Because wisdom Is beginning to Establish itself in your life And you're building out your house You begin to learn that strife Isn't nearly as Productive as What you once thought it was How many, how many have ever heard the term I'm going to give them a piece of my mind I told somebody last week, I said, now, now, you want to give everybody a piece of your mind, but you be careful with that, because you don't know how many pieces you've got. And if you're giving everybody a piece of your mind, you might start running short. Sometimes that's how people lose their mind. They've given out too many pieces of it. And they just, you know, you know, I guess, I, you know, I just don't, I just don't, I've learned the deficiency of my flesh. I've learned that I just simply don't have it together without the Lord. And so I just don't value my opinion. I value value God's truth, but I don't value my opinion. My opinion is so jaded. My opinion is so tainted by my personal pet peeves and my personal preferences and all all of the little things that make me me inform my opinion and so so it's not at all objective it could very well be wrong and so I'm just not, the Holy Ghost not me as, as in Joel and you gotta understand, any good thing that comes from us is from the Holy Ghost if you see any good thing from me, that's Joel, anything anointed that's Joel, anything beneficial, that's Joel or pardon me, let me back up Lord, help me. Rewind. And let's start over. Any good thing for me, that's Jesus. Anything anointed, that's Jesus. Anything beneficial, that's Jesus. Anything arrogant, that's Joel. Anything, anything ignorant, that's Joel. Anything that is, that is unkind or untrue, that's Joel. But anything that is good or pure or honest or righteous, that's Jesus. It's only by the grace of God that we're able to, to demonstrate Christian love. Amen. I'm glad we got that corrected. Lord have mercy. If that had gone unnoticed and later I heard it, I'd have just been sick. So I'm glad we got that figured out. Hallelujah. Because, because it is not within our flesh to do good things. Now, now, now we, might, we, might, we might try to do good things, but the, the flesh always has a string attached. It always has a hook attached to any good deed that it does. But, but when the Holy Ghost is moving in us and thriving in us, and when wisdom is building itself up in our life... There is a profound gentleness that comes upon us. And, and it is a fruit of the Spirit. The Scripture says in Galatians 5, and 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, gentleness. Hallelujah. Long-suffering, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. And that... that That gentleness flows in our life and it grows in our life. When the seed, which is the word of the Lord, is planted in our hearts. See, right now as I'm teaching the word of God and I'm I'm literally saying that the Holy Ghost, if you'll allow the Holy Ghost, He will put gentleness inside of you and you will become a gentle person Hallelujah. And as you become a gentle person, it it will be a supernatural working of the Holy Ghost. As I'm I'm saying that, that is a seed that is going into your spirit. And that seed will be watered when you receive that, believe that, pray that. Don't just come to church, hear the word, and, and, and then go home. The Bible says don't just be a hearer, but be a doer of the word. And as you pray over that seed that has been planted in your spirit, the seed will begin to take root and grow in your life. Hallelujah. And you will become a gentleman and a gentlewoman. You will become gentle with the people that you interact with. And I'm going to tell you that the people of our world are desperate for gentle people. Now let me take you back to the fact that gentleness is a fruit of the Spirit. Gentleness is a fruit of the Spirit. If you've heard me teach on the fruit of the Spirit, you know that that it's one of my favorite topics. I believe that it is is one of the most important topics of the Scriptures. The gentleness, love, peace, joy, goodness, long-suffering, meekness, faith, temperance, all of that, that comes from the fruit of the Spirit, that are fruit of the Spirit, there's a reason why it grows in our life. There's a reason why it is expected to grow. Did you know that Jesus said that if if there's a branch in him that bears not fruit, that it will be taken away and cast into the fire? And then the scripture says that if a branch does bear fruit, that the Father will begin to purge that branch so that that branch can bring forth more fruit. He will purge the branch so that it can bring forth more fruit. This is many times why we say things like, "Why, like you know, I'm, I try to do good. I thought I had a good relationship with God. I, I love the Lord. And then all of a sudden, I've got this trial that I'm going through and I don't understand that. It's because you are being purged and there is fruit that is coming from you that will come from you that hasn't come from you already. Or more of that fruit needs to come. More love, more peace, more gentleness. And every trial that we go through develops more fruit of the Spirit from us. Why is it important that there be fruit to flow from the children of God? This is why. Why does He ask us to be fruitful? Why does He command us to be fruitful? Require us to be fruitful. Here's why. Because we are to feed the hungry and the hungry are fed with the fruit of the spirit that flows from us did you know your world is starving starving for spiritual fruit they're desperate for spiritual fruit and you know you know you are too you walk into a place of business and 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 you find somebody who is a believer Somebody who has a, a Christian grace growing in them? Doesn't it make the whole transaction better? Hallelujah. And, and if you are a believer, be a believer. Don't be one of those. Don't tell folks you're a believer if you're not going to act like a believer. Hallelujah. Don't be, don't, be, don't be treating your server at your restaurant badly and then leave them a Tree of Life Church business card. Don't do that. Lord have mercy. If you're going to profess Jesus, show Jesus. Demonstrate Jesus. Live Jesus. It is important to do so. And you know what? It's more important to be a good Christian than to be a satisfied customer. I need to say that one more time it is more important to be a good Christian than it is to be a satisfied customer. So if they didn't bring you enough mustard, too bad. Ask for more, but be polite about it. You don't have to make them feel like they're a bad person because they didn't bring you enough or your soup is too cold or whatever. You, you, you need to demonstrate the love of Jesus Christ and show gentleness. And let them, when they're having a tough day and when they're, not, when they're not getting your order right and things aren't going well, and that's not just a server at a table, but, but in any transaction that you have, and you begin to sense something's awry, something's not right, then, then and that's when gentleness needs to kick in. That's not when you default to the old man. Well, bless God, I can go down the street and get better service than this. Yeah, you could, but they need Jesus right now. So so show the love of the Lord and and show them what a gentle Christian uh, looks like. The Bible teaches us these things. I want to uh, read to you some uh, passages of Scripture. What do you do when somebody comes at you and they've had a bad day and you're their their kind of sounding board and and they're coming after you and show you anger, show you indignation? The scripture says a soft answer, Proverbs 15 and 1. Turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. So if you want to make the situation worse, then you go ahead and and, and provide grievous words. It'll stir that anger up. They'll become angry and you'll become angrier. And, and things begin to escalate. Kind of like this rainstorm's happening right now. <laughs> things begin to, to just get worse. They just begin to escalate when you start throwing fuel on the fire. See, those are old, those are terms we use. Well, they just added fuel to the fire. They're adding fuel to the fire when they use grievous words. It stirs up anger. Things are escalating when they use grievous words. It stirs up anger. But watch what happens when somebody comes at you and they are filled with wrath. And and this is why we got to keep on praying and stay prayed up. If you've gone three days without praying and then somebody comes at you, then you're not likely to be in the best position to respond as a good Christian. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God and you've be- developed carnality. And, and, and so, so be prayed up. Be prayed through. Be right with God. Amen. And let wisdom build your house. And when somebody comes at you with wrath, instead of responding with grievous words and causing the circumstance to escalate, respond with a soft answer. And there is a scriptural principle that says that the soft answer turns away wrath it will it will begin to it will begin to reduce their wrath and it will begin to reduce your wrath see cuz something will rise up in you somebody comes at you unwarranted somebody comes after you or comes at you in a way that you don't deserve there'll be like a rage to rise up in you and, and this feeling of how dare you talk to me like that and you'll respond in a way that's just going to ratchet it up just another level and another level but when you provide a soft answer hallelujah just like that rain stopped raining (laughs) Amen. amen glory to god it'll just it'll just diffuse the whole thing amen thank you jesus thank you jesus See, God gives us little object lessons to help us along. <laughs> Amen. And it will do that. People will have this, this internal emotional storm raging, and then and then and they'll come at you with it. But when that soft answer is the reply, it immediately disarms them, and it will it will begin to, to put out the fire of rage inside of you. And I'm telling you that 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 there have there have been relationships that God wanted to thrive. But they have, been, they have been in a suspended state of anger because of grievous words that have, that have been stirred up over the years. But the, the scripture says that if you want wisdom to be the house you live in, then the third pillar you'll establish is gentleness. And, and so I can establish this pillar of gentleness because if you go back to the second pillar, I have peace. I didn't used to have peace. But God gave me peace. He gave me peace to know that, that He saved my soul. He gave me peace to know that, that He's got my back. He gave me peace to know that if He's for me, then who can be against me? He, so I've got peace. And, and see, you go back to the very first pillar, wisdom that is first pure. All i got to do is look at how Jesus would handle a situation. How would Jesus handle a situation? And, and, I've, and I've heard... People describe, and it is a fact. Jesus walked into the temple one day, and they were selling. Uh, they had, they had, uh, they were selling, uh, and 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 money changers in the temple, and they were trying to make profit, a significant profit, and take uh, people for. Uh, money that they needed and they were finding people in a vulnerable situation. People coming from all over and they were changing money, charging exorbitant prices. And Jesus walks in and realizes how bad this is and he wasn't playing no games. There are times, there are times where when you're dealing with a a, a force that is of a very contrary nature and that is wounding people there are times that you've got to get up in that force's face in the love of god and back it down but understand that this is one time in the life of jesus people talk about it like he did it every day people talk about it like he did it whenever something got on his nerve oh no you didn't i'll turn your table and then that's monday tuesday oh no you didn't i'll turn your table over too That's not what he did. It was like this one instance in his life where he walks into the temple and he sees this abuse going on. And the abusers were, were relentless. And Jesus got up in the abuser's face and said, it will not be the way that it is. My house is a house of prayer. You're not going to turn it into a den of thieves. And yes, he whipped them out of the temple. And yes, he threw over the tables. But Jesus was a gentle messiah. Amen. So don't use that one instance for every time somebody gets on your nerves. I'm just going to go flip their tables, show them they're not going to treat me like that. That's That's not what you get when you look at the life of Jesus. When you look at the life of Jesus, you see one who thought it not robbery to be equal with God and took upon himself the form of a servant. Notice the gentleness of Jesus when his disciples are asking, well, who should wash whose feet? Like, I don't want to wash his feet. I I, I have more status than him. Why should I get down and wash his feet? And Jesus, who who is the bright and the morning star? Jesus, who is the fairest of 10,000. Jesus, who is, who is the great I am. Jesus, who is both the first and the last. If anything, they all should have been washing his feet. And Jesus takes the towel and says, I'll show you who is the greatest. The greatest is he who is the servant of all. And we, and we ridicule servanthood. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. Of of how the wisdom of God is contrary to the wisdom of this world. In the wisdom of this world, everybody is telling us in the wisdom of this world that we need to get out of servant status and move beyond servant status into boss status. And that's not the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is be a servant to all, no matter your status. Regardless of what position you may have been promoted to. And you might have boss qualities and and leadership qualities that that require you to be in a position where you have those under you. But you understand that you are even a servant to those who look to you for leadership. So, So God, we even look at the life of Jesus and say, oh, Jesus was... A servant on earth so that he could be the king forever. Three and a half years of servanthood and king of all kings for eternity. That's not a bad gig. It's not how it works. He's still a servant. He never stopped being a servant. And if you don't believe that he's a servant, call on him. Call on him right now. And he'll come to you and say, what did you need? And he'll serve you. He'll give you joy. He'll give you peace. He'll give you love. He'll give you hope. Amen. Hallelujah. We are all to be servants. Nothing is to be beneath us to do for the kingdom of God, to do for someone and to show them the love of God. We are all to be servants. And, and, and wisdom says if you want a house of wisdom, then this third pillar will be Will be gentleness. Somebody said, You don't know if you have a servant's heart until someone treats you like one. We can brag about having a servant's heart, but then when somebody actually treats us in a way that we think overlooks our self worth or dignity, then all of a sudden we don't have a servant's heart anymore. But the fact of the matter is, we're all to be servants. You, you know, you, you, we, we have to keep it lodged in the forefront of our mind that we don't deserve to be saved. it It needs to remain ever with us that we don't deserve to be alive right now. It needs to be present in our thinking that it is by the mercy of our God that we're even standing here with wholeness of mind and body. That strips me of all this entitlement junk that I have in my spirit where I expect a bunch of people to treat me a certain way. No, sir, no, ma'am. That's a temptation of the enemy. I don't expect it. I, I, I thank God that I'm even alive and able to breathe. And so with my breath, I will praise his name and I'll love his people. Yes, right. Hallelujah. And so the gentleness of God becomes, it becomes us. It becomes us. Notice what the scripture says in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 24. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 24. This, is, of course, is a letter from the Apostle Paul to a young man that he was a son in the gospel to him. He had a lot of confidence in him, and he gave him such good counsel and direction. Uh, we'll begin at verse 22. Flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. But foolish, hear this, but foolish And unlearned questions avoid. Man, we would do well to remember that in 2018. We've got so many, we've got, there's so much strife that comes from everybody having to have an opinion on every little thing that develops. And church, don't get caught up in it. That's what Paul was telling him. He was saying, listen, Timothy avoid foolish and unlearned questions and he said knowing that they do gender strifes they gender strifes be careful be careful the Twitter battles you get into be careful the the, the Facebook fallout where I've got to be I've got to be uh I've got to be right on this. You know what? You can, you can see a post and, and see the foolishness and unlearned nature of it. And Paul told Timothy, avoid it. It Gender strife. Just don't even, don't even give it the time of your day. And the servant, here it is, there's that word. The servant of the Lord. Everybody say, that's me the servant of the Lord. Now, the Apostle Paul was telling Timothy this because Timothy was a pastor. He was a a preacher, a minister of the word of the Lord in the the early church, if you please. And and so he was calling in the servant of the Lord. We're all servants of the Lord, but it is is, is especially important that the the preaching ministry demonstrate that servanthood and that service so as to lead by example. And so, so he says to him, the servant of the Lord must not strive now that word strive is one we don't run from is it it's we, we actually use it in a positive context I'm striving for whatever striving but we don't like it in the word when we use it as strife and there is strife in striving and so we need to avoid strife so he says the servant of the Lord must not strive but be gentle Unto all men apt to teach and patient in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. How many have ever dealt with somebody who opposes themselves? And you're frustrated because you just want to just grab them by their lapels and say, Don't you get it? You're working against yourself. You're creating worse problems for you. You just kind of want in to, the, in the love of God, smack them around. It's kind of hard to smack folks around in the love of God, just be honest with you. So, so you're just like, oh, what is your problem? You're opposing yourself. And Paul said you're going to find those who oppose themselves. But, but the way you deal with them is to instruct them in meekness. If God will, here's a big word, her adventure, which simply means may. If God may give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. Every interaction I have with anybody, I have that interaction. And the premise of that interaction is I want their soul to be saved. I want their soul to be saved. So no, I'm sorry. I'm not going to get into a hotly contested debate over who is the greatest basketball player of all time. Sorry, we're not going to go down to the mat. I'm not dying on that hill. I'm not going to start calling members of their family names because they don't agree with me as to who the greatest basketball player of all time is. And and and, and even more serious discussions than that. I am a preacher of the gospel. I am here to convert people to Jesus Christ, not to my preference on certain issues. So I, I instruct people, we instruct people in meekness who oppose themselves. And, and we do it because maybe God will lead them to repentance. And I don't want when they come to repentance to have to climb over my bad attitude. To climb over my lack of gentleness. To climb over, to climb over my obnoxiousness toward them. Over something that didn't matter in the eternal scheme of things. Hallelujah. I want want them to come to Jesus. And notice what happens if you'll do this. Paul is saying there's hope for this, verse 26, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. When you're dealing, Paul is saying, even the toughest cases that are opposing themselves the toughest cases where they, they can't win for losing, the toughest cases where they get themselves into their own problems and they mess things up for themselves and you're so frustrated you just want to pull your hair out. And, and Paul said, but there's hope. Don't, 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 don't get into foolish and unlearned questions with them. In meekness instruct them that impose themselves and be apt to teach and be patient. And the servant of the Lord must not strive because they might repent. And acknowledge the truth and be delivered from the snare of the devil. And I will tell you that is so much more important than them acknowledging that you were right on that little scuffle you had about whatever. So much more important. Keep things in place. Keep wisdom pure. That's the wisdom is first pure. And if this discussion I'm having with them isn't, isn't centered around. The wisdom of God is first pure, and then peaceable, and then gentle. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Titus chapter 3, he continues. Titus was another young preacher that he helped, uh, the apostle Paul helped. Titus chapter 3, and uh, and verse number 1, put them in mind. He's telling you how to teach God's people to be subject to principalities and powers, To obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work. He's he's not talking about spiritual principalities and powers. He's talking about be a good citizen. Follow law, obey law. Don't be a bad citizen. Don't be be somebody who praises God on Sunday and then then breaks laws on Monday and and doesn't respect authority on Tuesday. But, But obey magistrates, be ready to every good work. Be ready To every good work speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, we were one time disobedient, one time we were deceived, we were serving diverse lusts and pleasures, we were living in malice and envy, hateful And hating one another. But after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy. He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Which he shed upon us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. That being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. He is saying, He is saying, you, you teach, teach the people that, that, that they need to be, they need to not be brawlers, but to be gentle. And, and, and don't fight every battle and don't die on every hill. But, but, but remember, as you're dealing with difficult people, remember that we ourselves were sometimes foolish. That before the kindness and love of God appeared, we were deceitful and disobedient. You know one of the worst things uh, that can happen to a Christian is for them to, to actually believe the lie that they don't really need all that much mercy. We get, we can do that to ourselves. We can, we can think, well, some folks need a lot of mercy. I don't need a whole lot because I'm pretty good. I mean, I'm glad he died and shed his blood for my sins and all. But I mean, eh, probably could have... And he didn't have to shed quite as much for me as he did for some others. And, and folks, if that's how you think, you are way, way out of the bounds. I'm telling you, we need every drop of the blood of Jesus to save our souls. I don't It doesn't matter how good you think you've been. You desperately need the mercy of God every morning, every noonday, every evening. When you sleep through the night, you need the mercy and the love and the kindness and the grace of God. And you should be grateful for it and thankful for it. And it, it, it praise to him for that love and mercy should flow off of your lips regularly. It should be something that wells up within you like a, a fountain that springs up into everlasting life. Hallelujah. And so, so he said, you remember, as you're dealing with difficult people, you remember you were one time foolish, disobedient, deceitful. You one time were a brawler. So don't, 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 don't brawl with them. Show them the love of God. Show them gentleness. Hallelujah. Show them gentleness. And now we're going to talk about the second pillar, and and, and we're going to get into it. A little bit here and and begin to make some headway into it, James chapter three. It, it really it really dovetails with this with this pillar, gentleness. James chapter three verse seventeen, wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, then gentle. Then it is easy to be entreated. Easy to be entreated. Do you know what that means? That means. Easy to be convinced. Easy to be convinced. When we don't have, when we're not intoxicated by our personal pet peeves and prejudices and preferences and the way I see it, Again, I just don't have a whole lot of confidence in the way, quote, I see it, unquote. But I do have a lot of confidence in what is true and what is right. And when wisdom is being established in your life, you're able to look past the way you see it and see what is true and what is right. You don't get into this, you don't get into this into this matter of, of seeing things the way you want to see them because it, it really serves the purpose that you're aiming for. Sometimes sometimes we can, we can believe a thing about somebody. And because we have labeled them and, and placed upon them this identity that we have established is right about them, And nothing can convince us otherwise. Their repentance doesn't convince us. Their remorse doesn't convince us. Their begging God for mercy doesn't convince us. Their lifestyle change doesn't convince us. Folks, that's not wisdom. Let the wisdom of God be established in your life and become easy to be entreated. All I have to know is the truth. And if the truth tells me that something is so, then it is so. I'm not going to continue to contend for my way of seeing it if my way has been proven to be the incorrect way. I will obey the word of the Lord. I will see the truth of God, and I'll accept it for what it is. Now, we have, we have folks today, especially in the political world, there is so much strife and people bickering to such a degree they're not even trying to find out who's right. They don't enter into any one of those discussions trying to find the truth. They come armed with what they want to bring to the table and they sit down at the table and, and then somebody sounds the alarm and the fighting begins. And, and while one person is talking, the other person instead of listening are thinking about what they want to say in response. And nobody's listening to one another. Nobody's hearing what the other is trying to say. But that's, the Bible says that's not wisdom. The Bible says we are easy to be entreated when we have wisdom in our house. So you can, even in a marriage, in a marriage, you can, you can become so convinced that you're right and they're wrong. And yeah, I'll talk about it. Let's talk about it, let's get to the bottom of it. You're no more interested in getting to the bottom of nothing. You just want to prove how right you are and how wrong they are. And if they will ever just say, you're right, I'm wrong, and mean it, well, then that was a successful conversation. That's not how it works. In wisdom, we are easy to be entreated. In wisdom, we listen and hear what a person is saying and 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 it's not and they're not then then when they know they're listen, they're being heard and they're being listened to they don't feel the pressure to spout it out in sound bites and and throw out the one liners and 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 try to get to the nerve real quick because they know they've got like a 10 second window if they're lucky and they better get it all out and get it said good cuz they're going to be interrupted by the non-listener who's not listening they are Trying to think of what they're going to say next. Trying to think of what insult would really, which relative I can tell them they're acting like that would really, really let them know. You're just like you're, and you fill in the blank. But, but that's not wisdom. That gender's strife. Wisdom is easy to be entreated. Wisdom sits down and says, okay, I really want to know the truth. I really want, to, I really want peace in our relationship. And what we find out when we listen, many times we find out that, that we really all want the same thing. Now, there, there may be differences on how we arrive there, but, but in the end, we all want peace. And we all want Harmony. And, they all, and we all want hope. <laughs> and everybody wants salvation. They might disagree on, on what salvation is, but they, everybody really wants to be saved. And so when you, when you take time to listen and then communicate, and there's this, this genuine back and forth of communication, that's wisdom. And if you can allow that to be established in your life, your, your life is going to get healthier instantly. It, your blood pressure will lower. Amen. Your blood pressure will lower. Your relationship will improve. Trust will improve between you and, and it may be your spouse. It may be your child. It may be your coworker. worker it, it may be whoever. It may be the person sitting on the row down from you. But, but, but whoever it is, when you get into, that, into that, that ease of being entreated, that's somebody I can talk to who listens, who, who hears what I'm saying, and they, have, and they have laid down their guard, and they've laid down their defense, and they haven't prejudged me. Oh, I know where they're coming from. I can see them coming from a mile away. You know, if we, didn't, if we didn't see everybody coming from a mile away, why are you looking at them anyway? You're supposed to be looking at Jesus. If you're looking at Jesus, you can't see them coming from a mile away. But you got your eyes off of Jesus and you're looking around at everybody else. But, but if you'll just, just let that ease of being entreated, it's coupled with gentleness. But these, these pillars are important in your life. And if you let them be established, by the time we get done with this, you're going to have wisdom. And here's the beautiful thing about a house that wisdom builds. There was a wise man who built his house upon the rock. And there was a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. Both were confronted by a storm. The house of the foolish man crumbled under the pressure because the foundation was established upon sand but the house of the wise man stood up under the pressure of the storm because it was built upon the rock that's the difference between a house that wisdom of god builds and a house that the wisdom of this world builds amen amen could we just lift our hands to the lord right now and praise him and receive his word in Jesus name hallelujah, thank you Jesus thank you Jesus hallelujah hallelujah could we do that right now just could we just ask God lord i, I want to be I want to be that Christian I want to be that child of God who demonstrates your love and who demonstrates your the purity of your heart to people hallelujah lord i don't i don't want to be i don't want to be jaded and tainted in the way that i Talk to people. I want to I want to have a pure heart. Hallelujah. I want to have a pure heart. I want to be gentle unto all men and show meekness unto all men. I, I, I really do, Lord. Help me to be gentle. Help me to be help me to be easy to be convinced. All it will take for me to be convinced is to hear the truth and know the truth. You don't have to you don't have to jump over all of my preconceived notions. Just just Easy to be entreated. Easy to talk to. Hallelujah. If you hear something and it's not the certain sound of truth, reject it. But if you hear truth, embrace it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Could we just lift up our hands unto the Lord? Let's stand to our feet in this house and ask God to to purify our hearts and our minds and our souls and help us. In the name of the Lord, to be a good, godly believer to this world. Hallelujah. I wonder what would happen if everyone in our world saw us setting a good example. I wonder what would happen if everybody in our sphere of influence saw us demonstrating Christ like attributes, fruit of the Spirit, the peaceable fruit of righteousness. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Let's sing it together. Because I can do this on my own. lay my life before your throne. And I will follow you wherever you go. hallelujah, hallelujah. hallelujah, 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 hallelujah.